Australia. How are you going? How are you going? Are you good? You bloody well better be. It is NBA Australia. It's Thursday, June 16, all day. NBA Finals are here. We're almost at the end of them, maybe, perhaps. We're going to talk about that today. I'm your host, James Clemens. I'm a writer sometimes here in Larry Armour Studios. It's a bit wet, a bit cold. Had the heater on in the studio. Getting a bit rough around here, I'll tell you that much. Anyway, today, quick one, previewing Game 6 of the Finals. Game 6, what a world! In Boston, should be gnarly. So we're going to talk about five big uh, things as the Warriors look to close out the series, win their fourth title of the last, what, eight years? Jesus. And the Celtics uh, try to save their season that's hanging on by a thread. Same as Jason Tatum's shoulder. Uh, we also got another pre-draft trade. What's up? Uh, Christian Woods off the, up the road to Dallas from Houston. We'll talk that out as well. Uh, we've got some Yenars. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got Outback Takeouts. We've got King Jimmy's best bets and final picks for game six. And we'll close out with a very quick diary of Stephen Adams. The big Kiwi's a bit cold. All right, let's get to it. Episode 835 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Uh, you better. Oh, you better watch out for the couple of days off. <laughs> attack. Took the squid to the museum yesterday. That was awesome. Absolutely wrote myself off, though. So tired. Jesus, who would have thought that keeping up with a three-year-old squid would just absolutely ruin at you if you just, you know, follow them around for a day as they look at triceratopses and shit. Triceratai? I don't know. Whatever. Good times. Fun times. Let's get into today's show. The way we start every show here at NBA Show of the Daily. Whip around. There you go. Uh, first little bit of news. Dyson Daniels. The Aussie, he's off to the draft. You love to see that. He's going to be in the green room. Always a good sign. Uh, feels like his draft stock. We'll get into the draft next week after the finals. I just want to do all the final stuff because this is... The, I'll talk about this later as well. This is the shit that matters. The finals. Who wins the fucking NBA title is what matters the most out of everything. Like all the other extraneous shit is so you can win the fucking title. Like it's as simple as that. So anyway, kind of neat though, but uh, they announced 20 players. We're going to go hang out in the green room a.k.a. not so much the green room as the floor at Barclay Center uh, there in Brooklyn. And Dyson Daniels, the Aussie, has been invited. So that's kind of neat. Uh, pretty happy with that. Yeah. Other news. Bogdan Bogdanovich had a bit of knee surgery. Uh, you might remember throughout the season, he and the Hawks had a couple of moments where he was in and out of the lineup. It was a bit shit. And uh, they weren't quite as good because of that. The old Hawks. Yep. Checks out. And what else? The last little bits of news. Uh, Christian Wood got traded. What? I'm enjoying these pre-draft trades. It happens every year. There's just a couple of little uh, bits and bobs here and there that get moved around. And it's always funny because like the trade deadline happened, you might remember, back in February. But teams can now trade because their season's over, but the season itself is still going on. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Either way, Christian Wood. A.K.A. what ScoMo's got for moving to the backbench. 
Oh, yeah. Has been traded to Dallas. The Mavericks, in return, are sending the Rockets Boban. Oh, that's sad. Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, and the number 26 pick in this year's draft. I'll tell you what. I was stoked that Greeny wasn't a part of this. At the same time, I was also kind of a little disappointed that Greeny wasn't a part of this. So Josh Green, on the depth chart of the Mavs, just that little bit far down, especially when Tim Hardaway, the lesser, comes back. You feel like if he'd been on the Rockets, it gets a bit more run here and there, perhaps. But also, that's just a dysfunctional franchise at the moment, where it's like, hey, Kevin Porter Jr., just do what you want. Jalen Green, you're a bit shit, but George, can you score? Go have at it, mate. And the rest of the entire vibe around the Rockets is just, uh, think of a neon sign saying, shit show, shit show, shit show, shit show, <laughs> time and time again. So, you know, one of those great things, you're like, yeah, maybe having that opportunity is, not having that opportunity rather on uh, the Rockets is good for Greeny. You can stick with the Mavs. Um, but this is a good move, I think, for both teams, isn't it? Like for the Rockets, you clear more space for your uh, front court. You've already got Shangoon. And they've got the number three pick, don't forget. And the top three picks are all front court dudes. Chad Holmgren, Paolo Benchero, Jabari Smith, there, man. I mean, so it kind of checks out, right? They also get a first rounder. You get off Christian Wood's money. Good stuff. And uh, the Mavs get a big dude who can shoot. Boy, do they love that. But that's also great for around Luca, right? Like anytime you get another shooting big around Luca. I'm fine with that. Uh, just, you know, you can go get a rebound. He can also shoot. He's basically a better, more rounded version of some of their big men that they've already got, you know, in uh, Max Shikliba, hello, and Dwight Powell. Defensively, leaves a lot to be desired, but at the same time, my first thought was like, hey, Luca, if you hated playing with the Zinger Meal, oh, yeah. It's extreme Zinger Meal. You're going to fucking hate playing with Christian Wood. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, so much of this and so much of every move in the NBA, obviously, uh, is about buy-in. And if Christian Wood buys in to being on a good team rather than, hey, I can put up numbers on like the Pistons or like the Rockets. That's fucking rad, man. Got my money. Like, cool. Are you about winning though, Christian? Because now you're in a great spot just to, you know, be one of the leading lights next to Luca. You should be fucking awesome in this spot. I kind of love the fit. I'm just worried about that part of the bargain, you know? Does Christian Wood give a fuck enough about winning to actually make this work? But either way, on paper, where we all know that's where basketball's played, feels like a good move. Great move, even. So good job, Dallas. And good job, Houston. They get a few assets back. You feel like they sold a bit low on Christian Wood. (laughs) Just a bit. But, I mean, he's not part of their future plans. They get out the money, off they go. Feeling pretty good. And the last little bit of news, Legend of the Week has already got to go to Fake Clay, doesn't it? So Fake Clay has been banned. Banned from Chase Center uh, because he snuck into Game 5. Even though he had $10,000 worth of uh, tickets, he reckoned. Uh, But he was booted. They found him at the... Basically, he snuck in. He goes through a whole bunch of security. No one realized it wasn't Clay. And it's weird. It's like Clay just sort of went, fake Clay just goes all the way through the uh, security and everything there, big doors, uh, and he's now got a lifetime ban. He's gone through, he's shooting around on the court, and then they find they finally realize, oh, shit, it's 
just fake Clay out there by himself, and it's not actually Clay. And so, who's the egg? Who's got the egg on their face? Isn't it like the Warriors here, not fake Clay? But then Clay got booed. Fake Clay got booted, and it was a pretty good uh, video. So go check that out. And I also enjoyed that uh, Pat Bev jumped in. Aoru fake Clay when the Timberwolves play Golden State next season. We need you on the floor at Target Center, gang. And uh, Dawes said, "I'll be there, Pat." Hands <laughs> emoji. So great job, fake Clay. Also, to get through five levels of security, no one checks his shit because he looks like Clay. What did he do wrong? Like, did he not? He didn't really sort of just go, "Hey guys, here's my identification is not Clay Thompson." Like, none of them asked him for it. And at what point does security go? Hmm, it's weird that Clay came in dressed in his uniform and didn't go to the locker room. And then walked onto the court by himself to shoot around. <laughs> so really, congrats, Warriors. You played yourself. All right, let's do it. The Game 6 preview of the 2022 NBA Finals. Game 6 of the 2022 NBA Finals. Finals, 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 finals. All right, let's do this game preview. Game preview, game preview, game preview. Love it. Let's do a game preview. Five big things. Four. Warriors at Celtics. Game six of the NBA Finals. This is for all the marbles. An elimination game in the NBA Finals. I'm excited. Five big things. Celtics haven't lost two in a row all playoffs. Now they have. Now the back's against the wall. Facing elimination, same as in the Buck series. Can they win two in a row with their backs against the wall again? Can they do it? And how do they goose their offense to make that happen, really? Because the defense has been pretty on point. It's forced the Warriors and taking some tough shots out of the, sort of forcing them into their comfort zone, making Andrew Wiggins into the savior for the Warriors. Look, if you go into a series featuring Clay. Thompson, Steph Curry, and Co. And you're like, well, Andrew Wiggins beat us. You're like, well, to be fair, <laughs> if we've gotten so far down the list that it's come to Wigo, Maple Jordan, he's the one who has to stand up. Our defense is pretty on point. But really, it feels like the entire thing for the Celtics is just all about limiting turnovers and limiting your missed free throws. Because as we talked about in the uh, game wrap on Tuesday, I mean, the turnovers, that's the obvious thing where if... And literally any time they go over, what is it, 16 times they turn the ball over, they're 1-7 and seven in the playoffs. They're 13-2 and two when they go under. That's the obvious one. The missed free throws are killed. Like, a sort of hints of momentum throughout that game for the Celtics. And they were kind of just silly ones. It was weird. Tatum empty trips. Ones of twos all the time. And talk about, like, uh, you know, keeping the scoreboard ticking over. Obviously, that's at the heart of a good offense because you're scoring, and that's what offense is all about. But it's sort of just having that confidence of a game where you're like, nah, we're not even missing free throws, man. We're on. We're hitting 80%. Off we go, rather than 60. And ugh. But at the same time, for my brain, my dumb brain, the big things like the Celtics, the offense, it's like, can you just hit a fucking layup? Like that's so much of just what's in my brain. It's like, hey, Celtics, they don't have the world's most imposing center out there. They don't have Rudy Gobert's the stuff of that world. Like, 
You're going against Draymond, Kevon Looney, and not a giant amount of size. And you can't hit a layup. I get that they're walling off the paint time and time and time again. That's where ball movement comes into play. It's And it seems like I can't just get out of my brain how many times the Celtics, it seems that their entire plan is drive, drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick. And the Warriors are playing for the kick now. Like they're not looking, they're, they're seeing the drive. It's like, right, we can contain the drive because they're already looking to kick for a three. It's like sometimes drive to score. It seems like they, this is a wild concept. I know Celtics, but I mean, I've pointed this out time and time again throughout this final series that when Marcus Smart drives just looking to score, they look fucking 80, time, 80 million times more dangerous than when he's like driving very clearly to kick out. Uh, AKA the Derek White. The flip side of that is when the Warriors driving, you'll see it like either Steph's going to make some crazy twisty layup or Wiggins is going uncontested to the fucking uh, cup. And the Celtics are like, oh, how did we miss that assignment? It's like, oh, God. You do that five times in the game, it'll fucking kill you. But look, in terms of the offense for the Celtics in game six, Brown, Jalen Brown not having an objectively horrible game would be good. Tatum hitting a fucking layup would be good. Role players not shitting down their leg instead of hitting shots would also be good. But, I mean, that's seriously all it takes. Layups, rebounding, defense, and free throws. You win those battles, you win the game. And if they play like that, they did for the first, what, 10 minutes of the third quarter in Game 5, the Celtics will win. If they play like they played the rest of the game, they'll lose, which is what they did. Um, The craziest part to me is that fourth quarter and just that offense and how... It completely bogs down. They haven't gone past 25 points in a fourth quarter since that game one explosion. Games two through five, they've scored 95.6 points per 100 possessions, which is just chaos bad over the last four games. And that's where it sort of falls apart, right? They just need better execution. They need to move that ball. They need to hit their fucking layups. And I keep saying it, like their offense, it's either God tier or it's dog shit, you know? It's weird that there's not much in between. So that's the only way they're going to win two in a row. If they can just play at their absolute best for two games, that seems simple, but it is, it's true. Because that's how you can only, that's the only way you can beat these Warriors, right? They're not going to beat themselves. You got to force them into trying to beat themselves with like shitty dumb turnovers. You got to win that turnover battle. You got to win the layup battle. You got to win the rebounding battle. And you got to hit your fucking free throw. Simple as that. That's number one. Can they win two in a row? How do they do it? The offense. It just needs just a kick in the pants and it needs Tatum and Brown to go off. And away we go. Uh, number two, could it actually just be that the Warriors' defense is just too good? Because I'll tell you what. They take advantage of the Celtics fucking up time and time again. They've got 49 steals so far in five games. 49! The craziest part of that, though, is they're scoring one and a half points per uh, play attacking off the uh, off the steals, right? which is absolutely massive because you're turning a Boston miscue or a mistake into either layups or fouls, right? And that's how you score at that absurd rate of live ball turnovers because that's the problem with like so many of these Boston turnovers that the Warriors' defense can turn just into just an insane offense like in the blink of a fucking eye and they're going to cram it down your throat as quickly as you can say boo. So... The trickiest part is, I already mentioned those uh, turnover numbers. So 1-7 when they have more than 16 turnovers, the Celtics. 13-2 when they have less than 16. The craziest part is, in 
all of the offensive possessions in the finals, Boston have turned it over on 17.5% of the time. And they've given up 20.6 points per, uh, per game off turnovers. That is so much. Seriously, you're just giving the Warriors free points by like throwing a, you know those lollipop fucking entry passes. The weird, dumb cross co-op things. Peyton Pritchard just stepping out of bounds because he feels like it. Just weird, dumb shit. Just don't do that. But the thing is, the Warriors' defense, for what we sort of saw in Game 3, we were like, shit, the Celtics might be just too big and too athletic uh, for the Warriors to contain. Gary Payton II has just played his ass off since. Jordan Poole has limited the damage. And Boston go matchup hunting so often on uh, the Warriors' D that it's actually to the detriment of the Boston offense, which might seem counterintuitive, but that's what it is. You're like, oh, we better get Jordan Poole because he's a bad defender. It's like, there's four seconds left on the shot clock, you idiots. Just get a fucking good shot rather than hunting like a weaker defender. God damn. So the Warriors defense has been surprisingly sturdy, uh, especially with GP2 coming back. The mitten, he's been awesome. But he's also, you know, coming back from an injury and has been a little bit inconsistent and they've almost played him back into form. It's crazy. So... Look, for the Celtics, they've just got to hope that they can uh, hit those threes that they were hitting at points of uh, Game 5, not go 0 of 12 to start from 3. But the Warriors' defense still just, they make you do dumb shit. And the Celtics, boy howdy, do they do love doing dumb shit. Number 3 big thing is Steph Hurt, a.k.a. What's up with Steph? A.k.a. Does Steph have a shit game again? 0 of 9, as we mentioned in Tuesday's show, the first time he's ever had a playoff game where he's not hit a three. First time ever since 2013. It's the first game he's had since 2018, regular season or playoffs, where he's not hit a three, which is chaos. He looked off. We all know that. Um, a lot of those shots, look, he was making them earlier in the series. Like, some of those shots were fine. It's not like he's wide open for some of them, but at the same time, he was for a couple and just clanked them. So... You felt that he was due for a pedestrian game. I think one of our tips uh, in the preview show for Game 5 was the Steph under. And away we go. Dude still had eight assists and one turnover. And so he affects the game in other ways. He's Steph. He's an all-time great. He's going to do that. He's not going to have an out-and-out stinker. And I'd expect him to be good again. But the thing is, the fact that the Warriors won while Steph sucked is beyond like, relief, I dare say, for the Warriors, right? They've got to walk away just going, I can't believe we stole a shit Steph game and we won it. And the Celtics should be kicking themselves in the pants because he's not going to go 0 of 9 again. Now I say that, he'll go 0 of 12 and it'd be hilarious. But I just can't see Steph melting down in a final series unless he's actually hurt. But it didn't look like he was uh, quite... He basically didn't seem to have his legs right under him, I think, in Game 5. Couple of days off, I think you'll be right. Uh, speaking of which, well, I guess that leaves us where? Where is Steph at then? He's still going to win Finals MVP if they win this game, even if he has just a normal game. That's what's going to happen. Like, don't get it twisted. Oh, but Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy, not a fucking chance. There is no fucking member of the media. There'll be a couple of members who are just like, oh, well, I think Andrew Wiggins should win it, and they're fucking morons, right? They're a uh, idiot moron. So the Steph Finals MVP is in the bag, essentially, if they win Game 6. Even with him having, like, another sort of eh kind of game. But 
I expect him to be, him to be better. But for the Celtics, it's like if he's more of the focus, if they can just make him a little bit inefficient, they could win the game, right? And the Warriors, when Steph's actually efficient, they're just like a whirling death machine. So that's a pretty big uh, <laughs> query, I guess. Is Steph hurt? Hmm. Uh, speaking of which, is Tatum hurt and or cooked? What's going on? Uh, or do we get? can we get just one big performance from him? Because I'll tell you what, here's some fun ones. On one hand, Tatum is the youngest player in NBA history with 600 points, 100 rebounds, and 100 assists in a single playoff run. The youngest ever. He's also scored more points this postseason than D-Wade did in his uh, run to the title in 06, which is chaos. He's absolutely just smashing it. On the other hand, he's also got the most turnoffs, turnoffs, turnovers. Oh, things that turn me off. Turnovers and layups. <laughs> he has the most turnovers ever in a playoff run. He's got 95. LeBron set the record with 94 in 2018. That took over uh, D-Wade's 90 back in 2006. Uh, the other ones, weirdly enough, Larry Bird in 84 and 87. Isaiah Thomas had 85 in 1988. And uh, Shaq in 06. Man, between Wade and Shaq in uh, 06, the Heat had a lot of turnovers at 85. Uh, but look, so he, he, he's got the most turnovers ever in a playoff run, and he can't make a layup or just hit a fucking two. So he's hitting... 19 of 40 so far from three. 19 of 40 from three. That's 47.5%. He's shooting 19 for 62 from two-point range. Two-point range. That's 30%. Now, I'm no math magician, but 47 from three is substantially higher than 30.6% from two. That's fucking insane. And then the other little bit for me, is that Tatum's 5 of 21 from the floor in fourth quarter so far. 5 of 21. That's brutal. So it does feel like he and Jalen are gacked by the end of games and they just don't have their legs under them. And, uh, like, they both played the entire second half until the garbage time when they pulled the starters at the end of uh, game five. So they both had more than 44 minutes. That's the 10th time Tatum's had more than 40 minutes in the past month and the ninth time that Jalen's had... Uh, 40-plus minutes. So, look, we'll find out after the series that Tatum's hurt, and we'll go, fine, yep, that labrum tear or tricep strain or bursitis or whatever the fuck it is made him suck. But at the moment, there's no excuses. Like, you're in the nuts and guts of the NBA Finals. you got to hit a fucking layup. And I'll get fucking yelling this until I turn blue. Stop playing for contact, play through contact and for the bucket, and leave it in the hands of the fucking refs. Don't leave it up to the refs to score your points, score your points, and then leave it up to the refs to give you some more. Simple as that. And no more texting Kobe until you've actually hit a fucking layup or scored more than 30. That is amazing. He hasn't scored 30 since he texted Kobe. I got you tonight, bro. New number, who dis? <laughs> fucking, how annoyed is heaven Kobe, right? It's like, this little prick won't fucking stop messaging me. Bro, Text me when you win a fucking game off your own back in the finals or score more than 30 fucking points. I'm like up here, I'm busy. I'm like hanging out with MLK. You know, I've got shit to do up here. Stop it with the messages until you fucking actually play well. Jesus. All right, and the last big thing is the obvious one. Do we see game six, Clay? Or is it a bit hype now? What do you reckon? 
So Clay in game sixes had 30 against Memphis in 42 minutes. Hit eight threes. Famously, he had 27. Uh, he had seven made threes against Houston back in 2019. You know, that's pretty good. He also had uh, 30 against Toronto in 2019. Um, but there's, uh, you know, the one stinker he had against the Clippers in 2019, where he went three of 10, one of four from downtown, had nine points in that one. There's the amazing 35, where he hit nine th- uh, threes against Houston in uh, 2018. Amazing shit. Love that one. The 25 he had in game six against Cleveland. Cleveland! In 2016. But then the most famous one where he had 11 threes and the 41 points to completely rock, block, shock, and jock the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's where the uh, game six clay legend began. So we're going back to 2016 now. And so in all the game sixes, he had 41, 25, 35, 9 against the Clippers, 27, 30, and 30. Game six clay is fucking for real. So let's see what happens. I'm excited. This is on the road. And you think about the ones that have happened on the road. It's at Houston, he had the 27. At the Clippers, he had the 9. At Cleveland, he had the 25. But obviously, he was on the road for that OKC game. So the 11 made threes, the 41 points. Do we see game six clay? That is a huge question. But really, the bonus five big thing is like, We've talked about defenses. We've talked about offenses. Three-point shooting variability is like a big thing, obviously, in this series where, what, the uh, Celtics go 0 of 12 in game five, then hit eight straight, then miss six straight. Jesus. Like, the defenses are clued in. They know what you're going to do. The Boston defense just needs to not fall asleep at the wheel on the odd occasion for those weird inbound passes like Marcus Smart did a couple of times. Just not make those boneheaded plays. Not fucking flop. And away you go. I think the defense is, look, I think Boston's offense is like the slightly higher upside compared to how they have played. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've been dog shit at times. <laughs> but that we know that they can just hit a higher gear. Whereas in game five, Steph sucked and the Warriors were still really good. So they've still got upside too. So I think we should be set for a really awesome game six. A couple of amazing defenses, a couple of very interesting, flawed offenses. Role players at home for Boston, that'll be a big thing. I don't know, but I think my tip so far is Celtics minus three and a half. I'm probably not going to change that. We'll talk about that in King Jimmy's best bets. But before that, we'll do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 Sushi brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. People, get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, go get your merch. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Click on the uh, links on the socials. Oh, all the pretty pictures on the socials of all the T-shirts and hoodies and stuff. It's lovely. Go check it out. Help me out. Uh, you know, got to do some renos. Going to move all the shit out of the spare room. So, you know, the less shit I have to move, the better. So buy one, would you? Jesus, I don't ask for much. 
Only 835 episodes this fucking thing. <laughs> Help a brother out, would you? Right, let's do some yeah, nahs where we decide something's more yeah, more nah. Number one is that giant sack of shit, Brian Windhorse. Right, about the checkbook warriors. They have a $340 million payroll. You don't have to just beat the Warriors on the court. You've got to beat their checkbook. This was a checkbook win for the Warriors. <laughs> All right, Wendy. Sick. I love it. Uh, so, Wendy's like, yeah, cool. $340 million bucks. If you include their uh, pretty amazing um, uh, luxury tax bill. And... I mean, at the same time, it feels a bit disingenuous, you know? Like, 340 mil. The thing is, they also drafted Steph, Clay, Draymond, Looney, and Poole, and they traded for Andrew Wiggins when everyone's like, oh, I know about him, you know? Jesus. They picked up Gary Payton the second on a dude on the last roster spot who's going to be their fucking video coordinator. It's like, oh, no, they're paying for their own fucking talent. That is a, uh, the checkbook warriors is a bit fucking weird because you feel like checkbook warriors is something when you go, yeah, we're paying overs for a bunch of our bench dudes. Not really. Like, you go through it, it's Damian Lee, Belly Belitza, GP2. They're rookies that they drafted this year, come bucket. And Moses Moody, Moses Moody. Like, if they'd brought in somebody on top of all this and we're paying them shit tons, like, cool. But this is all about keeping the talent you fucking drafted, and they're paying through the nose, so I think that's a good thing. So, uh, yeah, who would have thought the Windy was a sack of shit? <laughs> Next up, Dan Wilkinson. Hey, Dano. He says, should fake Clay list for the draft and play for one of the struggling small market teams? Yeah, nah, nah. Judging from his shooting form, no chance. I mean, he got near the bucket, but uh, I do love... He should do... What he should do, though, Dan, is like a performance tour... And like rock, like have other teams who are playing the Warriors. They should bring in fake clay, just to fuck with the Warriors. I think time and time and time again. Like he got banned from Chase Center. Cool. He should get free entry from all the other teams for when they play the Warriors. Hundred percent of a chance. Because that would just, just imagine if you went anywhere, anytime you went somewhere, you go went into work, and like you're going up against. I don't know. Say you have to go pitch for something. And every time you go out to go pitch for something, the opposition who are trying to get this account, they have a dude who looks exactly like you. <laughs> that would fuck you up every time. It's so weird. Wait, have they got a dude who looks like me just sitting there? And he's just staring? Oh, I don't like this at all. Ugh. It's like I remember getting, uh, you know, I was in Edinburgh. Edinburgh is like lovely, very chill, very cosmopolitan. Enjoyed it. Hanging there with a buddy of mine. And uh, we popped down to Glasgow to go see My Bloody Valentine, one of my all-time favorite bands. Fucking My my Bloody Valentine. It was like I planned my entire trip to go see them. Uh, we get off in Glasgow, walk down from like the train station, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this at all. My buddy Vinny is like, what do you mean? I'm like, Vinny, there's too many redheads. It's fucked. He's like, Jimmy, but you've got red hair. I'm like, yes, mate. But I'm also very used to, like, there not being many redheads. I enjoy being part of the minority, not the majority. This is fucking weird, and it kept fucking with my head all afternoon. I'm like, I just need to go sit down at a pub and just, like, decompress for a second. 
five hours later, we went to see my buddy Valentine absolutely souse. But still, uh, that was just me seeing other people with the same color hair as me. You know? Just imagine if you're going somewhere and there's a dude who looks like you who can sneak into fucking your place of work, <laughs> like dressed like you, and security like, G'day, Clay. <laughs> That's fucked. <laughs> so, yeah, he should definitely go to all the other teams when they play the Warriors. I love it. Uh, Matty Owens, hey, Jimmy. Quick one for you. Warriors are wearing blue tomorrow for the first time this series. The uniform matchup has lived up to the hype so far. Yeah, nah. Ugh. It's probably it probably hasn't because I think we haven't quite had the absolute heights of of what was kind of like thought at the start. You got the green, you got the white, you got the blue. What we've had have been too many of the alternate black uniforms, right? Where they look it's a good contrast on the screen, but it doesn't have like the pop out classic green versus white, white versus blue with the green as well. So it's been pretty good so far. Like, you think about uh, game one. We had Celtics in green in Golden State with the white home unis looking good. Uh, Game two, same vibe. Off you go. Great matchup so far. Game three, you had the white home Celtics. The problem was you had the black and gold of the Warriors, which was okay, but then we get it again. For game four, and you're like, oh, see, this is where we're talking about the blue coming into play for the uh, Warriors for the next one, because then the Celtics wore their black and green against the white in game five. So there's a couple of opportunities there that I think have gone missing, uh, but otherwise it's been pretty good. But with those two alternates thrown in there, uh, it kind of just takes a bit of the sting out of how good it could have been. And I actually said that I think before the series, like the black alternates are always going to sort of come in and just mess with like a uh, how good it looks because they're fine. Like they're good contrast wise, but yeah, in terms of like the overall aesthetic of the series, we'll see how we go. But as I said, like we've got two more to go potentially. And uh, maybe this blue could be amazing. And I reckon it could be. So I'm excited about that. It's a good one, Maddie, because uh, I always love, love uniform matchups. And this had the potential to be an absolute massive one. It's probably, it hasn't quite lived up to the hype. Nah, not yet, but it still could because we've still got two more to go. Maybe. Uh, what about last year? Nah, is Anthony Davis a top seven player when healthy? Well, yeah, nah. Why the utter bug fuck are the big sports networks asking dumb shit like this right now? Is Anthony Davis a top seven player when healthy? Motherfucker, it's literally a finals elimination game tomorrow. Like, it doesn't, like, is he a top seven player? Does that exist in a vacuum? No, because what does a top seven player mean? Does having a top seven player mean that you have a chance to win the NBA title? That's what having a top seven player is, right? Like, well, we literally have 24 players who will dress tomorrow to either decide who wins the title or if we're going to a game seven. I think that's a little bit more fucking important. And this is, like, where the dumbing down of sports uh, conversation and the sports conversation uh, being so very, very basic falls apart, right? Seriously, we've got 12 players. How are we not talking about, I don't know, some sort of combination of the 14 players that will impact this game tomorrow rather than whether or not Anthony Davis, a player who hasn't played since, uh, what, April? Like... 
Who gives a fuck? Oh, but he's on the Lakers. So they're shit. I don't care. Like, what does that even literally matter if he's top seven or not? Because if you're top seven, you should be playing for an NBA title. That's what it's all about. We have two teams going out for an NBA title right now. So why have this conversation right now? It's fucking asinine. I hate it. Ugh. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, that said, I've got AD eighth. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> our back takeouts. It's Thursday and our back. And you know what that means? Oh, yeah, we're going to deep fry some fucking onions and flog them off to you, Yanks, for a ridiculous markup and call it Bloomin' Onions, which is definitely not Australian. Seriously, what what the fuck? It's an onion that looks like a flower. Who the fuck thought of this? If you're eating a deep-fried onion, you fat bastards, you're not doing stray or right. God damn it. Either way, two for one, only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is... The NBA will 100% sure, make sure that we get a Game 7 of the NBA Finals after two years of COVID-affected NBA ratings. And if you think anything else, you've not been paying attention to Adam Silver's NBA and you're a dumb fucking idiot. Only <laughs> at Outback. Jeez, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> 100% this is going to Game 7. The NBA is sitting there going, nah, everyone loves this series. It's going 7, bros. It's going 7. Uh, take a quick break. Be back with the uh, King Jimmy's Best Bets and picks right after... This. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do the game preview of picks for tomorrow's game. Let's do it. Game preview. Game preview. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. That could uh, feasibly be the last game preview that Inadvertent Bane does uh, for this season. Jesus, that's a bit of a uh, dire thought, isn't it? Anyway, how's it all been going, Jimmy? Yeah, not bad, Inadvertent Bane. As I said at the start, had a great day with the squid yesterday. Museum was awesome. Tell you what he loved the most, there's like a 3D screen, well, not a 3D, but like a 360, almost 3D screen in the museum. It's about lava. He fucking lost his mind. He's like, this is sick. (laughs) Ah, uh, it was pretty good. Anyway, uh, right, game six, Warriors at Celtics. Celtics three and a half point favorites. I think that's where I've landed. I just think at home, if the Celtics get anything out of Horford, Grant Williams, and Time Lord, Rob Williams, aka, you know, you're sort of role players, alongside like a just a half decent Tatum and Brown game, then the Celtics should be able to walk away with this one. Because I think their defense is just that good that they can just make the Warriors work hard enough and make them struggle just enough that the Celtics pull out the win. Uh, so that's why I've got the Celtics minus three and a half. I've also got Celtics to win uh, between one to ten points. That's a two dollars seventy. So that's a nice little. Uh, if the Warriors make it even closer than the three and a half, you're at least covered there. Uh, the under is 210 and a half points. I kind of like the under. I never like unders, but it's just getting tighter and tighter and tighter this series. Uh, it feels like 
that feels a bit about right. This one feels like 108 to, I don't know, 98 for me. That's about what, 206? Oh, good maths, Jimmy. <laughs> maths with an F. Uh, so I think Celtics, I think the blueprint that we talked about after game three is right there. Play better defense, get enough from your role players, but let Tatum and Brown actually do their thing, get cooking. Brown was, and we talked about this after the game, but Brown was legitimately bad in game five. And all of the talk is going to be about Tatum because he can't hit a fucking layup. And he's a bit injured and the turnovers, etc. But Brown was just unbelievably bad. If he's just half decent in that game, he hits a three or two. <laughs> like The Celtics are right in it, but he didn't. So I think, I think, I think at home, Jalen Brown steps up. I think actually we tipped the big Brown game before game five. It definitely did not happen. This might be the big Brown game. So if we look at a Brown over for the points, which is 24 and a half, and then you think about Brown as your uh, top point scorer across the entire game, which I kind of like as well. That's at $5.10. I love that for Jalen Brown. So I think the big bounce back Brown game, that's what I'd be uh, looking at. So $5.10 for the top point scorer. The over for his, which is 24.5 points. Uh, three threes for Brown, $1.79. How about five plus threes? $6.50. That might be a bit of wishful thinking, but either way, uh, if you're going to bank on game six, Clay, his over is just 19 and a half. And we talked about how like 27 is about like uh, where you sort of land with the Clay, game six Clays. So how about we look at some Clay, you know, moving lines. So if you get it up to 26 and a half points, you can't even get it that far. So you get the 24 and a half. What do you reckon, Clay? What do you reckon? We can get it to $3.75 over 24 and a half, which I kind of fucking love too. So I reckon we'll get a bit of game six, Clay. Uh, Tatum uh, over assists, six and a half. I like that. He's been throwing that rock around a fair amount. Steph under is 28 and a half. Draymond points, rebounds, and assists, $1.31 for 25 and a half combined to go under. Oh, yes. Let's go. Uh, Time Lord with the most rebounds out of both teams, $4.50 as well. So there's a couple of good ones there for you. Uh, but overall, I think Celtics minus 3.5. Celtics win by 1 to 10, $2.70. Uh, cover your ass halfway there. And uh, the under. That's kind of where it's at. But yeah, Tatum, if you like Tatum, top point score $2.60. But I really like Brown to have the big one. Oh boy. I'll see what happens, won't we? But either way, should be fun. Cannot wait for this game. Game six on a Friday. Celtics minus three and a half points. I just think we get a game seven. This has been such a tight series. Give me the Celtics minus three and a half. Also, if we get a game seven, it means we get the game seven on my birthday, you little ripper. And I actually mentioned mentioned this in last game. Oh, last game. Last uh, show. How I remember, I think it was 2016, My, you know, last time my birthday fell on Game 7 of the Finals. It was 2016 when the Cavs beat the Warriors. I had to do the maths in my head, and it didn't work. I'm like, well, how many years ago is that? It couldn't have been that year. It mustn't have been on the actual date. No, it was. It's because it was on the day in the States. And obviously, the day here is different to the day in the States. So good job, Jimmy, using that brain of yours. Bull trees. All right, so there you go. Celtics minus three and a half. Exciting times. Give me a big brown game and away we go. We'll go buy some new shoes. All right. And that is it for today. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up game six of the NBA Finals. We'll do a uh, live stream before the game, halftime and after. We might do a stream during the game too. Just keep your heads on a swivel about that, maybe. 
We've been asked about it a couple of times a Friday. I don't know. I might keep you company while we're just uh, watching the game. How's that sound? I don't know. Either way, just keep a peep on the old NBA strayer on Twitter, face the IGs. Might be up there. I might be yelling at you with a bit of video, bros. Anyway, uh, NFL Australia with myself and Gaz as well. Go check that out. World Wrestling Australia with myself and uh, not myself. I pop up a couple of times with Adam, but that's it. He's over on YouTube. NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Go on. Do it right now. Rate and review us. I don't ask for much. Just buy a t-shirt and rate review us. Come on. Seriously, buy a t-shirt though. Uh, NBAstraya.com slash shop. Uh, Knowable. Download that from your app store. Bang in the code Australia. You get 20% off. And big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band House Hats. They rule. And... Big thanks go to Joshua Delarentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex, Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Face the Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And we're going to close out today's show with another really quick <laughs> diary of Stephen Adams, because why not? And we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads, for Game 6. Woo! This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosanna! How's it going, eh? Oh, just a quick diary entry, brew. Uh, Cause I'm still freezing, brew. You might remember uh, that a couple of weeks ago I jumped on a big ship to go down to Antarctica, brew. So here's my latest diary entry, eh? Okay. Oh, dear diary. I can barely write in you today, brew, cause I'm freezing, eh? I'm so cold, brew. On the ocean. Cause I was like, oh, brew, Steven, brew. What are you gonna do for your holiday this year, brew? Oh, how about we go to the only continent I haven't been to, eh? And I was like, oh, sweet as we're going to go to Antarctica, eh? We'll go see some penguins. Oh, but it's so cold, brew. I brought one coot, and then I made another coot out of a bunch of those same penguins, brew. Don't ask how they died. We're going to say natural causes, eh? Uh, but it was a bit rough, too. It's just been so cold, brew. I've spent most of my time in the kitchen, brew, cooking up some uh, boot hungies. Now, it turns out the boot hungies are pretty hard, brew, because you can't really bury anything anywhere. But we've worked. We've made it work. It's been fine, brew. So uh, I've been enjoying a couple of these boot hungies here and there. Uh, and, uh, oh, jeez. Reverse hungies with ice, not as good, eh? So either way, brew, I'm bloody cold as. We've seen lots of penguins. Uh, haven't seen any polar bears, brew. I've been told that there aren't any polar bears here because they're up north, brew, and we're doing south, eh? So there you go, eh? So either way, I've whipped up a pivlova for all the boys here too, brew. They all loved it. They're like, oh, Stephen Brew, we don't often get Pivlova on the trip down to Antarctica Brew. This is delicious. And then so we pulled into like a couple of places there. We went through the Lemire Channel Brew and like Port Lockroy and stuff. So I was like, oh, sweet as, did a bit of exploring, did a little bit of climbing, had a look at some icebergs, Brew. And uh, then I got sick of all these icebergs because it's really cold, Brew. So yeah, okay, that's it. My hands are just freezing up, Brew. I better go get back in the kitchen. And get back whipping up some uh, pivlovers and hungies for everybody. So, okay, brew. Till next week, brew. Hopefully, I haven't frozen stuff, eh? So, okay. Cheer, cheer. Love. Stephen Adams, brew.